I really feel it's a privilege to stand before you and minister the word, especially when the pastor is away, means that he thought about me because he said he extended his vacation for one week and asked that I could preach. So I feel proud that he was thinking about me while he's away. He loves me, and I feel good about that. My wife is here. I introduced to her. Actually, today is almost exactly 11 months when I stood here last year, August 10th, to preach. So today is my anniversary of preaching in the church. We've been continuing the series of uh, worship and also something that I want to... I really struggled with the message because of sometimes with the pressure on Thursday to hand in your notes for the PowerPoint. So you try to put things together and send, but then you keep on waiting and you feel like, mm, no, that's, that doesn't, uh, it's not cutting. I don't feel the people flowing with me. So if you would, please stand with me to Samuel. I'll continue the series on uh, worship. Okay, it's First Samuel chapter 16. First Samuel chapter 16, I'll read verse 14 to 18, then jump to 23. First Samuel, the chapter is 16, the verse is 14. I'll read. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and the distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servants said to him, Surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful player on harp. And it shall be that he will play it with his hand. Distressing spirit from God is upon you and you shall be well. So Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen the son of Jesse the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. Verse 23. And so it was, whenever the Spirit from God was upon Saul, that David would take a harp and play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. Father Paul says, he did not come with excellence of speech or human wisdom. And he was in weakness, he was in fear, and much trembling. And Lord, he says, he came with the power of the Spirit and the manifestation of the Spirit. That the faith may not be based on human wisdom, but on the power of God. I stand before your flock in the same fear, in the same weakness, only asking you that I will declare your counsel and demonstration of your Spirit and of your power. That when they leave this gate, their faith is based on your word, not human wisdom. Welcome 
and bless us in Jesus' name. I'm talking of a worshiper. Saul, he has been disobedient. God has left him. Samuel intercedes, prays, supplicates for him until God tells him, it's enough. I have rejected him. It is that point that Saul feels like David when he sins in chapter 2, Second Samuel chapter 11, and then he described his feeling in Psalm 51. My bones, I can feel in my bones the guilty. It's weighing on me. Salvation is far from me. Joy is far from me. The Holy Spirit has gone far from me. It is not that God put a spirit of distress upon Saul. No. It's because of the weighed guilty. The weighed disobedient. The weighed mistakes that he did. And that he could not face God the way he would go to the sanctuary. That is the distressing spirit. Only a worshiper could bring him to make his soul, his spirit, his mind to be refreshed and to feel well. So we're talking about a worshiper. Now, I've been preaching other parts, Delaware, moving, Lebanon, and all those in this county. And I've not followed. But just quickly, I am not so much interested with finishing what I have. I'm so much as touching a chord in your life, even if it's just one minute. And the Lord has done it. Let's just agree on some things together here. And divining praise and worship. Because we say them, but sometimes we don't seem, and especially when we are visitors, we charismatics seem to be free. And we can jump. We can uh, clap our hands. We can lift our hands. Some other people are not free and to do that. And sometimes they wonder, what in the world is this? So they look at us. Basically, praise is expression of admiration approval or commendation to applaud or to loud that praise and in the hebrew word there are many words that express praise for example yada is to lift your hands that is praise praise by lifting your hands you can find it in psalm 134 where it says all you servants of the lord lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless and bless the lord Lift up your hands. In Psalm 95, we have several of them. Psalm 95, verse 1. We have Toda. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. That is Toda. Praise the Lord with thanksgiving. We have the same. He says, come with a shout of joy with Psalm. That is Tehillah. That is with a spontaneous song, which is also found in Psalm 96, verse 1. Sing a new song. Actually, the old Psalm is a spontaneous song of praise. So it is called Tehilim. The other one is Balak or Balak. That is to bow and to worship. That is 96 verse 6. Let us come and bow and worship. Let us kneel before our maker. That is Barak. There's another one. Aleleu. We know that one. That is to dance clamorously and foolishly like David in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 14. And David danced before the Lord with all his mighty. That is to dance. You don't have a rhythm. You just dance. You just, because you are joyous, clamorously. That's why they say, hallelujah. It is to celebrate. There's no rhythm. There's no way. You are excited. 
You see, some of the people, when they have their own dance, they do like this. Other they do like, you know. It depends what you do when you get excited, whether you just dance. It doesn't have to have. But you are so much excited and full of God and concentrated with God, you just make a foolish dance and clamorous. The other one is Zamah. If you go to uh, Psalm 150, you find that they praise the Lord with a trumpet, with a flute, with a harp, with a loud cymbals, with a clashing cymbal. That is Zama. It's the same one that is found in 2 Kings chapter 3. And the verse is 15 of 15 there. Whereby Elisha says, bring a musician. And when the musician began to pray, the hand of the Lord was upon him. That is Zama. So there are several words. What is worship? To ascribe glory to God. He's worthy. The glory. And music. And this is why I want to punch. And God get us to understand. Music is a universal language. Even a child who doesn't know anything. She will start doing this. Or just say. Ah, ah, ah. You know anything. Just because it's a universal language. And music is so powerful. The music is powerful. That's why we need to understand that. And music was not created by the devil. Music was created by God. It's only the devil has taken to glorify himself. But we take it to glorify the Lord. Music is a combination. is combined of voice or instrument or both in a such a way to produce a form of beauty or harmony or expression of emotions. That is music. So it's so powerful. Why is it so powerful? Because we're going to see in a moment here what God is doing. Now take that last verse. Take that last verse on 23. He says, it happened when the spirit, the distressing spirit, came upon Saul that David would take a harp and played with his hand, then Saul will become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit will depart from him. Music is powerful. What I'm thinking is, I was just talking to my wife and told her, see, when we visit some places, the TV is always on, and some other place, the radio is on, And it is just so noise that you cannot communicate. But she also commended, when we go to a brother so-and-so, even when the children are watching the TV, it goes off. And we concentrate, we can fellowship, we can have. I'll ask you to know what kind of noise you want to put in your house. Music being powerful. And some of you, in case you have been wondering why you overshop, it's because of the music. You need to understand that. It plays in your body and your thinking. That's why men don't like shopping because they have to plan to go and pick what they want to pick. And when they keep on rotating and they are not shopping, the music is in dissonance with them and they feel mad inside. But if you are into the spirit of shopping... You find you feel comfortable. But if you are not in the spirit of shopping, it is not gratifying. It is not. You feel uncomfortable. You look at things. Even the lights are confusing you. Even the aisle, everything, you look just, this is the place you've been, but you just don't want to be. 
Because the music is taking your place you don't want to be. But if you're in agreement, you just find, you shop, and when you get home, why did I buy this? Why did I get this? Because of music. Music is powerful. That's why they put it there. He played. I have no time to talk about this. But I want to measure this in the sense to understand a worshiper and the way we've been worshiping and God the way he's been moving in our church, we needed to take it to another level whereby the cloud of God, the glory of God comes upon our lives. In Second Chronicles chapter 5 verse 13 to 14, that the singers and the trumpeters, they were as one to make one sound to be heard praising and thanking God. And when they sang, the cloud settled in the house of the Lord. And the priest could not minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord has come upon the house. Have you ever noticed that prophecies spring up when we worship? Why? Because in Psalm 22, the Bible says, my father, my father, why have forsaken me? But then he jumps and says, but you, O Lord, you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel, enthroned in the praises of his people. He sits here, he comes and sits here. This reminds me of Isaiah 66. Where it says, the Lord sits in heaven and his footstool is on the earth. Where is the house that you built for me? Where is the place of my rest? And my hands have made all these things and they exist. But on this one will I look. On him who is poor and contrite of spirit. He who trembles at my word. So what is he saying? He's enthroned in heaven and he's stepping here. But when we begin to praise, he changes his throne and he sits in the midst of his people. Because there's no place whereby he fits. There's no place whereby he occupies. But he occupies in the praises of his people. He switches his throne and he's here. And therefore, he quickens prophecy. He quickens healing. He quickens. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Jehoshaphat is faced with three kings. The Ammonites, Amons, the Moabs, and the Sire. And he wonders what to do because they are so great. They are big. He can't defeat. In fact, he prayed a prayer very sincerely. He says, Lord, we don't know what to do and what we can do. But we are in your house whereby you dedicated and we said, if we come here and pray, Lord, you will answer which way. And a prophet stood and stand with them. And Joseph, had, when he's command, he commands and he says, Judah, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. And in your prophet and you shall prosper. At that time when he had the prophecy. The Bible says. And Jehoshaphat as a king. He bowed his head. And his face. Facing the ground. And all Judah. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They bowed. 
and they worshipped the God of Israel. The Bible says, then the Levites of the children of Kohathites and the children of the Korites, they began to sing. And then verse 18, somewhere there, he says that he consulted with the people who should sing to the Lord and those who should praise the beauty of holiness. Saying, praise the Lord for his mercy and to us forever. And when they began to sing, they began to sing, the Lord set an ambush against Amon and against Moab and Sire. That Amon and Moab stood against the inhabitants of Sire and they utterly killed them and destroyed them. When they had made the end of the inhabitants of Sire, they helped to destroy each other. Why? Because God got enthroned when they bowed and worshipped, when the Levites began to sing, Praise the Lord for his mercy and to us forever. He began and thrown. They never threw an arrow. They never did anything. But they began to fight among themselves. The Bible says they collected the silver, the gold, the loot for three days. Until they named that place Beracha, the valley. The valley of Belacha. The valley of blessing. Friends, when we come to worship before the Lord... And I'll I'll run quickly why I chose this text. When we come to worship before the Lord, let us know we are before the King of Kings. We are before the Lord of Lords. We are before the Lamb of God who rose again from the grave. We are before the creator of heaven and earth. And when we begin to praise him, he comes in our midst. He comes around here. He is with us. He becomes literally God, Emmanuel. Because he deserves all the praise and all the glory. He was a skillful player. And when he played, we can go. I don't know which song he played. Because there are so many songs. I can walk with you in the songs, especially in Psalms. Oh, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord. Many songs we can sing there. Be still and know that I'm God. All those kinds of songs. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout to the Lord with the Lord. So triumph. All those kinds of songs. You can sing them. I don't know which one is sung. But when we sing church, I don't mean to step on your toe. But let's stop, like lean on the pew, like this, and put our hands, like... Passively, we are fulfilling a duty and just like, just stand like, and just put our hands in the pocket. Friends, we are before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What does he say? They were mighty men of valor. He was a mighty man of valor. Choose somebody. I have seen the son of Jesse, who is skillful player. Number two. Is a mighty man of valor. Now you have to understand that means trained for battle and ready to fight. That's what it means. We have to know to be trained. And actually if you go to Second Samuel chapter 23, you find that the men, the mighty men of valor, what they did, they were trained to fight. The Bible says, armed with balls, using both right and and a left hand holding stones and shooting. 
arrows with bows. They were of Benjamin's source. And Gadites, some of the Gadites joined David in the stronghold in the wilderness. Mighty men of valor trained for battle. Who were capable to handle the shield and the spear. And their faces were like the faces of lion. And were swift as gazelle on the mountain. They are trained. A worshiper is trained. Whether you are a Sunday school teacher, whether you are an usher, whether you are a worship leader, the training is not for the pastors only. The training is for everybody. What is the training? The training is the word of God. They were trained to fight physical battle. We are trained to fight spiritual battle. We need to know the word of God, even as we come. Sister Crystal, thank you so much for singing the song. My spirit, lead me where my trust is without border. I don't want to trust for 2,000 only. I want to trust in a little thing, in a big thing, and anything in between. All the time I want to trust for little thing. I just stop there. That verse. Spirit lead me where my trust is without border. I mean some things I can do. Some things I can do. No. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So what does the Bible say? The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 6 the verse is 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Keep this commandment that I command you today in your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit down, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Talk about them. You shall bind them on your hand as a sign and as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Nothing else that will bring success to you but that knowing the word, than walking with you. He told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, if you're going to see success like Moses, if you're going to be like my servant to take these children of Israel to the land that I promised them, then verse 7, you need to take care of it. Be strong and very courageous. That you may observe to do according to all the commandment my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn to the left or to the right. That you may prosper wherever you go. This word shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate upon it day and night. That you may observe to do according to how it's written in it. Then you shall prosper. Then you will have good success. Friends, when you know the word and you stand and we begin to sing those old songs we don't sing now. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house. You know you are not singing to a king who you can see. But you know you are singing to a king who created the heavens and the earth. The almighty God. The omnipresence. The God and the king of kings. The God who is alive. You know for sure. Friends, I want to make a stamp here very strongly. 
United States with all its mighty, they will never have reached the moon without the word of God. Joshua chapter 10. The Bible says Joshua commanded the sun in Gibeah to stand and the moon in angel to stop. And it stood in the midst of heaven for about a whole day. Isaiah chapter 38. This is a sign that I would switch the sundial of hairs. 10 degrees and it went back 10 degrees. The nations who do not read the word of God, no matter how much technology and nuclear weapon and GPS and whatever you call it, they will never have put their step on the moon without the word of God. Because when they calculated all the physics and the mathematics, they always missed. And when they came back to the word of God, they realized there was 24 hours and there was 10 degrees that went back and they shot to the moon. In 1916, Apollo 11. That is how important the word is. We need to take it to read the word. Mighty men of Allah, as you worship, you know you are king. You know you are Lord. You know who is who. Mighty men of Allah. Church, allow me to say with kindness. I come from a developing country. You are blessed with all the gadgets. The word of God literally in your fingertips. But I'm afraid many of you don't know it. We are consumed with the trinkets. The things that shine, but they are not gold. I do not say this, I say this humbly. A privilege to come here since from back 1986. My biblical training is in this country and I've gone back. I traveled in this country, the 43 states, all of them. I say that with all my heart because I saw with my eyes. This country is beautiful. With the deserts, with the mountains, with the snow, with the forests, with the canyons, it is beautiful. I have met men literally from 80, from 86. Men who have a lot of money. I'm talking about millions. I've met with them. The comments they have commented about me has left me to stay where I found the Lord 1980. I have no desire. Seriously. Our children say we don't go nowhere. I have no other business but the word and to pray. I'm serious. I just tell you the truth. Not that I can go to vacation, not that I can go to other things. There's one we can do. But I have no other interest. You know, you have seen some of the developing countries from India, India, East, or from South America or forever. When they come here and they were hot with the Lord and what has happened to them. It is easy to be swallowed in this country with the technology and the easiness of this country. But there's nothing. I say like David. I better dwell in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I better be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Yes, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. My son, he knows I get excited like an atom when it comes to church, to go to church. They know the time to arrive here. I don't know, but I like to be here earlier 
but I don't want to force them that way. Say, Daddy, we live here at uh, we live here at ten. Uh, we come here at the second service. We live here at uh, ten ten or ten twenty. We'll be here. Say, no, we're supposed to live here at ten. No, we just we, why? I'm longing. I want to be here. I want to sing. I want to lift my hands. I want to I want to worship the Lord. It's an opportunity again to sing loud with the people of God. Friends, know the word. What is the next one? I think we can draw. I'm trying to show you that to a sermon. I have it. I have it written. It is in the notes. But friends, let's be a worshiper. Let's know the word. And then the other thing is, a man of war. What did he say? In 2 Samuel chapter 17, verse 8, he says, For Ushah said, You know your father and his men. They are enraged in their minds. Like a bear dropped off our cubs in the field. And your father is a man of war. He will not come with the people. I want you to go. He's a man of war. In 2 Samuel chapter 23, like I told you, Benaiah, the son of Joyada, what did he do? He met the Moabites who were like lion. He fought them. And at the same time, in a pit when it was snowy, he killed a lion. He went and met the Bible and the lion and squares there. An Egyptian who was a spectacular man. He was unique in his fighting. He was special. He was really trained. Spectacular. He had a, a spear with the weaver's beam. I don't know the meaning of that. But it must be a kind of a special spear. But he wrestled the spear out of his hand and killed him with it. Spiritual warfare. I'm not talking about guns and I'm not talking about tomahawks. I'm talking about spiritual warfare. Men who knew how to fight. You need to be a man, a woman of spiritual warfare. We know about Ephesians chapter 6. But I want to draw you something else. Before then you have to understand we have an enemy. The enemy is not the people that look like stepping on our toes and doing some certain things in our life. Those are not the enemy. The enemy always is the devil. The power of darkness. The father of lies. Lucifer. The beast. That is the enemy. What does the Bible say? First John chapter 3 verse 18. The Bible says. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil's sin from the beginning. For this purpose. For this reason. The son of God was manifested. That he may destroy. The works of the devil. He destroyed them. Chapter 2 verse 14 and 15. The Bible says. Having wiped. Away the handwriting that was required against us and was contrary to us. Having nailed it on the cross and disarmed all principalities and powers. He showed a public spectacle and triumphed over them in it. He stripped the devil the power. After he stripped the devil the power, what does he say in Matthew chapter 28? And allow me to go farther in uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 29. How do you take the strong man, get into a strong man's house and plunder him? Unless you first of all bind him, then you can get him 
and plunder. You can do that. But Christ did that. He disarmed principalities and powers. In Ephesians chapter 1, he says, He put all things under his feet. He is above all principality, power, dominion. And every name that is named, not only at this age, but that which is to come. He defeated the enemy. And then he turned and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go! I have granted you, my son, my daughter, I have granted you. Luke chapter 10 verse 19, he says, He gave them authority over scorpions and serpents and all the power of demons and hell and nothing can hurt them. We have been given that power by God. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10, the Bible says, Now to the intent that the manifold wisdom of God may be made known to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places by the church. You are the church. You are more than a conqueror. John chapter 4 verse 4. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the devil. So what am I saying? When at work you have been fought back and forth, right and left, up and down, and you kind of feel like you just come like, you can lift your hands. You don't know what the songs are saying. You don't understand. Because you've been, you are more than a conqueror. God has given you that power. God has overcome for you. This is what the Bible says. In First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 55. Oh death where is your sting? Oh AIDS where is your victory? And Paul then begins chapter 3. The same verse there he says. What I received from the Lord I declare to you. That Christ died according to the scripture. And he was buried. And he rose again on the third day according to the scripture. And he says, this is our foundation. What did we sing the song? What did we say? Christ the solid rock. All other ground is sinking sand. My cause for living is because Christ died, he was buried, he rose again. I am more than a conqueror. Does it mean I'm free from temptation, from troubles, from tribulations? No, but I am a conqueror because he conquered. Yes, you see me now. You see me now, but tomorrow, next hour, I'll be joyous, I'll be victorious, I'll be singing, I'll be jumping, I'll be dancing clamorously because I know who I believed. I'm more than a conqueror. Even when the sicknesses come, even when the debts are heavy, even when the children go away, even when things at work, the rag is removed out of me and I don't know the direction to go forward, to go backwards. Even when my brother, you are facing the situation of your retirement. Please look unto God. I can't tell you to look at the government. I can't tell you to look at the welfare. Look at God. Because what does David say? I'm young and I was young. Now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous beg bread. Only when you walk with him. All these things is when you walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say this. I said when I was here, there's a transition in this church. God said, I mean, God is doing something in this church. Pastor Joe stood here some almost two months ago, I think at the beginning, and he said, we were discussing a staff, and we realized that uh, 100 people have come to a church. In one year, 100 people. Our friend, 
some of the visitors may not be able we talk to them. Some of them may be just shy coming to check what is happening. But when we come here skillfully praying and worshiping, they'll be touched by the power of God and they'll commit their life to Jesus Christ. They may want, not want you to, be not, to notice them. They may not want you to talk to them. They may not report to the kiosk of information. But when we dance and praise the mighty God, he is enthroned here and they are healed instantly. They are touched somehow. Then God is be praised and the glory belongs to him. Let's prepare ourselves for the mighty harvest. There's no place to turn now.